everyone. Thank you for joining me on tonight's episode of Evolved. Um, we will be continuing with the book Stay Salt um, from Rebecca Manley Pippert. We will be on continuing from chapter three, Glory in the Weakness. Um, so stay with me as we continue to journey through this chapter together. Thank you guys so much for coming back and joining me on this episode. And so, like I said, we will be we will be continuing from chapter three, glory and the weakness. But before we jump right in, let's pray. Lord, we come before you this evening and ask that you guide us in this book discussion. Help us as we continue to share your word and your ways. Give us strength daily as we continue on this path of learning and knowing you. Allowing the gospel to grow within our hearts as we share it with others. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's jump right in. Chapter 3, Glory in the Weakness. And um, Rebecca takes notice, um, like many others, that we find that ever since the entry of sin into the world, humanity has been a mad course to try to become God while God had decided from the very beginning of time to become human and his extravagant, his extravagant love, excuse me, the triune God, meaning three in one, the Trinity, he chose to unite himself to his creation and the closest of all possible unions by becoming what he had already created. Imagine it, the infinite became finite and the eternal entered time. The invisible became visible and the creator became a created being. So we were created to be creatures, but not the creator. Rebecca explains perfectly. We've seen that the father sent the son, not as a triumphant king in full regalia, but as a baby who was placed in an animal trough which points us to the importance of accepting our smallness as human beings. While Rebecca brings out another aspect to being human is the example which Paul wrote about to the Corinthian church that God's power and glory is revealed through our human weakness, which is why we can celebrate our smallness. But since the fall, this view, as she explains, doesn't come to us naturally in our humanness without shame and celebrate the fact that God's power and glory are manifested through our weakness? And that answer is yes. Jesus came to us fully human, though without sin, although his nature is a mystery which cannot be fully comprehended by our human minds. But once 
you know, grasp that God's glory works through our weakness, it will make a huge difference to our fears about evangelism, especially our fear of inadequacy. So let's look at how to be human. Um, and we're going to look at that. So like I said, throughout uh, church history, we have tended either to overemphasize Christ's deity and diminish his humanity, or um, as in today's culture, the reverse. But Jesus wasn't masquerading as a human being. He wasn't 90% divine and 10% human, nor did he exchange his divinity for his humanity. Jesus was fully God and fully human. He had two natures, divine and human, in one person. So as the start of John's gospel, the apostle testifies to Christ's divine nature. In the beginning was the word Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And also John, you know, John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. But John also tells us that through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. That means that Christ, the divine son of God, created the galaxies and formed the cosmos, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Before he came to our planet, he lived outside our sensory experience and was a transcendent being. As we've seen, John also testified to Christ's humanity. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. John chapter 1 verse 14, Paul says that Christ was in very nature God, yet he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. The Son was fully human, sharing our human limitations of time, space, knowledge, and morality, though not our sin, for that was not part of God's design for us when he made humanity. In other words, when Jesus came to earth, he not only revealed God's divine character, he also showed us what it means to be fully human. Let's look at some of... Um, Let's look at the gospel. You know, Jesus shows us some of the following human characteristics um, that he had. The fullness of true human affections. Jesus loved people. Even on the cross, when he was experiencing immense suffering, Jesus loved his mother by asking his disciple John to care for her as his own mother. We also, the fullness of true human emotions. So, Let's look at that one. The gospel stories reveal that Jesus wept and was grieved. He could be amazed and he was moved to compassion. Jesus suffered as we see so vividly in his experience in the Garden of Gethsemane and in his death on the cross. Also, the fullness of true human choice. He became human by choice. He chose not to surrender to temptation. He chose to go to the cross. The fullness of true human development and intellect, it is an amazing thought to consider that his mother, Mary, would have taught Jesus his colors as a child. Jesus, this is blue. This is red. Joseph would have taught him the necessary skills to be a carpenter. Jesus grew in stature and wisdom because that is what humans are created to do. And you can look at Luke chapter 2 verses 52. 
And let's also look at the fullness of true human bodily experience. Jesus became tired and thirsty and human as and hungry, excuse me, as we see in the story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. And let's look at the fullness of true human dependence upon God. When Jesus was on earth, he did not lay aside his deity, but he did lay aside his glory and majesty. In other words, Jesus did not exercise all of his divine capabilities. For example, when Jesus was arrested in the garden by armed guards, he said, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Matthew chapter 26, verse 53. He could have depended on angelic armies, but he was also a human who depended as all humans must upon God. So you see how he did that? That's amazing. When Jesus was about to choose his disciples, he did not say, Father, tomorrow is a very big day. Could you give me 12 names quickly so I can get some rest? Instead, Jesus did what we must do. He wrestled through the night in prayer in order to know the Father's will before selecting them. One of those nights, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus did not say, excuse me, but you can't do this because I am God's son. Instead, Jesus willingly experienced temptation, identifying with human experience, not theoretically, but fully and completely. And he overcame temptation by using the same resources that God has given to all believers, the word of God and the Holy Spirit. That's Luke chapter four, verses one through 13. So in other words, Jesus didn't press a God button to get instant help, which he could have done as God's son. Instead, by assuming our human nature, he willingly accepted our human limitations in doing this, and he showed us how to live a life of faith and obedience to God. That is amazing. You see that? That is so amazing. So, and it's a, you know, it's nice to know that this is why Jesus was never ashamed by his dependence upon God. He wasn't embarrassed that he needed to pray for guidance or ashamed that he became tired or hungry because that is what it means to be human, you know. So if Jesus accepted his dependence upon God without embarrassment, then clearly we must accept our dependence as well. So yet, um, Jesus so beautifully demonstrates that, you know, um, he demonstrates is that our joy is that our joy comes from realizing that we are inadequate and not resenting that and that God is completely adequate and accepting that with joy. That's the wonderful news, you know, in our weakness and inadequacy are no hindrance to God working through us. You know, so Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, Matthew chapter five, verse three. In other words, happy are those who see that they are not enough. Why? 
because it is only when we see that we are not enough that we are willing to turn to the one who is enough. How amazing is that, y'all? How amazing is that? That's amazing. So, um, and I want to also read, so learning to celebrate our smallness is the only, only the first part. We must also learn where true power comes from. God will not help us when we try to live the Christian life in our own strength. It is only when we accept our dependent nature that we see our need to depend upon the power of God. And then God goes to work. We may not know how to reach a person for the gospel, but God does. We will run out of the love we need to love skeptics wisely and well. God does not. So, you know, we have to remember that. Here is the great truth, though. God is delighted to see, you know, God is delighted to use us just as we are with the questions we can't answer, with our fears and past failures. We need to keep remembering what the Lord said to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect through your weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. We tend to forget, or perhaps we choose not to remember, that God has always used the weakness or the weak to accomplish his purpose. You know, we think God couldn't use us because we are not smart enough, good enough, or confident enough. And we do not know enough Bible verses or we think that we will use, you know, he will use us only when we know those things. But God has always chosen to use the weak. Isn't that amazing? That's so amazing to know that. That's 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 really good because I am far, far from perfect and um, perfect with this podcast. But just knowing that, you know, I don't have to be, you know, that um, he, he using me right now. You better believe it. But. Jesus doesn't disqualify us because of our past confessed failures or broken promises. He wants to use us now where we are as we are. Why can we go out into the world in weakness, confident of God's strength? Why? Why can we? Because Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, came to our planet in weakness. The Lord of the universe from all his immensity in heaven became the smallest form of life not merely a man nor a baby nor a fetus the lord of the universe the king of glory became an embryo how about that an embryo and you know let's uh jump right into um that was uh i like that i really do like that and if you haven't uh read the chapter you need to read the chapter and then come back and listen to the book discussion, you know, follow along with me, but um, read the chapter first. It'll make a lot more sense to you. So let's jump right into step aside, Becky. So Becky shares, God has been glorified in her weakness and her faith has grown and, you know, and she's learned to confess to God her weakness and total dependence upon him. How, 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 how nice is that? Becky shares, God has been glorified in her weakness. Her faith has grown and she's learned to confess to God her weakness and total dependence upon him. Amen. We all need to do that. We all need to do that. So, um, so here's the truth. We must learn 
by heart. God uses the weak to reveal his glory. Yes, we are inadequate, but we are also in partnership with the living God. And that changes everything because he is a God who is delighted to work through the limits of our humanity. What is required from us is not inadequacy or self-sufficiency, but rather faith in and obedience and prayer to the God who longs to help us and who will always come to our aid when we ask. Recognizing and accepting our smallness without shame is the first part. Remembering that God is glorified through our weakness is the next. But we can truly live celebrating our smallness and inadequacy when we understand that it is the Holy Spirit who transcends our limitations as we will explore in the last chapter, you know, of the section. But uh, that's amazing. Let's jump right into questions for reflections. So number one, the part number 1A, which aspects of Jesus' humanity on pages 56 and 57 most struck you, um, which most encourage you? All right. And number one, I put the fullness of true human affection. He loved people. Even on the cross, when he was experiencing immense suffering, Jesus loved his mother by asking his disciple, John, to care for her as his own mom. And I also like the fullness of human choice. He became human by choice. He chose not to surrender to temptation. He chose to go to the cross. I am encouraged by his compassion for others, even as he was facing tragedy and suffering. He, he, he was being, you know, he was still compassionate and still human, you know. And I could be reminded of his suffering that he endured and ask him to give me a heart like that of his and share the gospel wholeheartedly. And let's jump right into number two question. A, how could you build a conscience reliance on God to help you to love people and share the gospel? And how will you pray about these things? Well, I will pray and confess that I not, you know, that I don't do things based upon my feelings, but I pray um, that I do it based upon what is just and right by his word. Um, so that's what I put, um, you know, and um, I could be, you know, and just kind of, you know, I could remind myself of his suffering, you know, that he endured, um, you know, depend, you know, be a, dependent upon that and remember that, you know, that could also help me in um, not just going along with my feelings and how I feel, because if we just go with our feelings, you know, and someone makes us mad or say the wrong thing, we'll be like, mm, I'm not going to do it. But, um, I just have to remember that, remember of his suffering and how he felt when he was on the cross. Um, so I pray and I confess that I don't do things based upon my feelings, but, you know, I pray and I do it based upon what is just and right by his word. So number three, question A, God has always chosen to use the weak. How does this truth both encourage and challenge you? And I put, it's encouraging to know that when I am weak or express weakness, that he can use me at those moments. While I am so embarrassed to have those moments, he doesn't see he's brought out, you know, how much I am loved by God, you know, and how, you know, sometimes we don't think about it when we're, you know, 
living life daily. You don't think about, you don't stop to think about, you know, the suffering that he endured and everything that he's went through and that he was human, you know, so how we feel and the things that we go through, remember, he was human. And, you know, he's felt that way or he's been there and he, but look how he, um, how he dealt with it. He didn't become angry. He didn't go kill anybody. He didn't go hurt anybody. Look how he dealt with it. You know, I know, um, we have limitations. I know, um, he experienced us, you know, as being human, but I know it's kind of hard for us to experience him, you know, because he's strong and we're weak, you know, so we have to remember that, you know, and, that to me is just so amazing. But I, um, when I'm going through my day, I remember that, you know, that comes to mind that, wow, you know, when I'm experiencing how I'm feeling, you know, Jesus has been there. He's been there, you know, and I have to just remember how he saw things and how he, um, you know, put a solution to things. He didn't, you know, get angry and run off at the mouth. You know, he didn't do it that way. So I have to remember that. So I hope that helps. This helps somebody. So, we have um, finished our questions for reflections, y'all. We have, we have, we have. And um, did you enjoy this episode? I surely did. I tell you, every time it gets better and better. Um, I've been having some tough situations and circumstances shifting in my ship, let me tell you. <laughs> but you know what? I turn to God in all the chaos. I have to look to him. I have to remember and I have to look to him and I have to tell myself, you know, this is only temporary. This is only temporary. Um, but I get through it and I get through it because I look to him. It's very hard when you're in a world and you're around people that don't serve the same God that you serve uh, or don't handle situations the way your God would handle the situation. So it's kind of rough. It gets a little rough, but you know what? I have him in my heart. Um, he's grown so deep in my heart. So that's what keeps me going. And that's what keeps me focused is that, you know, knowing that, you know, in my ships and my circumstances, they shift and they go here and they go there. And sometimes I get frustrated and sometimes I just want to throw in the towel and cuss somebody out. But you know what? I remember whose I belong to. And I remember you know, um, who I look to. And that helps me so much. It helps me. It, it kind of gets me right back on track, get me right back on track. Um, and, um, that helps so much, you know, learning the word and, um, reading this book, this book has really helped me a lot. And I hope that it helps, you know, someone out there, y'all. So anyway, so with those encouraging words, um, you know, um, I like to say thank you for listening and it's appreciated. It means so much to me. But before we go, I was um, reading something and I want to share something, encouraging word with you as you continue on in your week. And it will be from, let me get this here. Let me get it. Okay. It will be from... Um, let's see, it's going to come from, from the fabric of friendship. And this is by Joy Carroll. If you haven't got this book, you got to get this one too, the fabric of friendship. And I was reading this and I said, you know what, I'm going to share this word with someone. So 
do you value who you really are? Um, we are all people of worth with our own unique qualities, strengths, and weaknesses. Once we understand that, it makes it easier to decide whether we want to compete or not. We will learn that it's okay to win at some things and to lose at others, and we won't need to go for the juggler or try to destroy someone who seems to be better than we are at doing something. That makes the playing field much more level for everyone. If we are able to accept just this one point alone, we will have moved miles away from the destructive aspects of competition. Y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? All right. Well, I wanted to leave you guys with that this evening. I want to leave that on you. And um, that was from Carol, The Fabric of Friends um, by Joy Carol. And would you like to begin your study courses on the gospel? Well, why not start today by registering at theworldbibleschool.org. I am a student and I'd like to encourage you to register today. Thank you for listening in and I'll greet you guys again on the next episode of Evolve. See you guys then.